Hello, Mystery Recipe listeners. Today we are back with a very special episode from our friends over at Tumble. Tumble is a science podcast for kids that explores stories of science discovery. Co-hosts Lindsay and Marshall take listeners behind the scenes of how science actually works. With the help of kids' natural curiosity and working scientists, Tumble reveals the twists, turns, and surprises on the path to big discoveries. I was lucky enough to be a guest on their show last season, and so we are excited to share that episode with you today. It is all about our fascinating and still somewhat mysterious sense of smell. Grown-ups, Tumble is an awesome podcast to listen to with your kids. They have over 80 episodes on every kind of science, and their new season drops in September with episodes about trees, whale snot, and the science of poop. Search for Tumble Science Podcast for Kids in your favorite podcast app or visit sciencepodcastforkids.com to subscribe. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today, we're sniffing out the science of smell, starting from the kitchen. From stinky cheese to savory meats to sweet desserts, we're asking why foods smell. So clear out your noses as we focus on our olfactory organs and discover the world of smell science. Today's question comes from our listener, Finn. My name is Finn. I'm 10 years old and I live in Waterville, New York. I wonder why certain foods smell the way they do, like bananas or cucumbers or chocolate. Maybe foods are made of different chemicals and smell different as a result. To find out, scientists might study the chemicals inside the foods or even study how people smell food. That's a really good question, and it sounds like Finn has a good idea of how scientists might answer it. Yeah, so let's ask our listeners, why do you think foods smell the way that they do? Think about it because we're going to meet someone who went on her own quest to find the answer for a very personal reason. Our smell expert also happens to be a kids podcast host. I'm Molly Vernbaum, editor-in-chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids and host of the Mystery Recipe podcast. Molly is the perfect person to answer Finn's question because she wrote a book about her own journey to understand why we smell foods the way that we do. Her story begins just before she was going to start school to become a chef when something really unexpected happened. I've always loved food and really wanted to be a chef. I loved cooking, but I was jogging one day and crossing a road and I was hit by a car. And in that accident, I banged the back of my head pretty hard. Oh my gosh, was she okay? She was pretty banged up. Her doctors told her she'll be back to normal after a few months. But while she was recovering at her dad's house, she noticed something missing. My stepmother baked an apple crisp, which was one of my favorite desserts. Molly loved the smell of apple crisp. It reminded her of picking apples every fall when she was little. But when she brought out the apple crisp and everyone was 
oohing and aahing over that scent of like butter and apples and cinnamon, I couldn't, I couldn't smell a thing. And that's when I realized, okay, there's something, there's something really wrong here. So she couldn't smell anything? Nothing. And that was a major problem for her life because her dream of becoming a chef depended on her sense of smell. Because without a sense of smell, food loses its flavor. Smell is such an important part of flavor. And so trying to be a chef without a sense of smell didn't really work because you couldn't taste your food at all. Wow. So she couldn't even enjoy food, much less cook it for other people. But can you find your sense of smell again after you lose it? I was really struck by the fact that many doctors couldn't really tell me when I was going to recover, if I was going to recover, what would need to happen in order to recover, which to me seemed crazy because smell is such an important part of your life, which is what I really realized when I couldn't smell. Molly decided to put off starting at the chef school and turned her attention to trying to figure out her new condition. That's when I started to ask people and do some research about this because I just had no idea what to expect. Molly discovered that many people lose or lack the ability to smell. And after she found out she wasn't alone, Molly started to piece together the science of how we smell. So I started by talking to smell scientists. So scientists that work in research labs trying to understand how humans process smell. And the first questions I asked were, you know, how does smell work? I wanted to understand in a healthy nose, how do you smell? She learned that smells are an aromatic connection between chemicals and your brain. When you smell something, you are inhaling and the aromatic compounds are coming into your nose. So these tiny microscopic compounds are literally entering your nose and reaching the top of your nose where the olfactory neurons exist. So Finn was right. Smell does have something to do with the chemicals in food. Yeah, it does. Aromatic compounds are special groups of chemicals that lift easily off food and float tantalizingly into the air. And we have special olfactory neurons, which we can think of as smell cells in our brain, designed to catch those compounds. And so these neurons run from the top of your nose back to your brain. They run through your skull, through something called the cribriform plate, which has tiny, tiny holes. After racing through the cribriform plate, the neurons tell our brains about the aromatic compounds or smell molecules. No one knows for sure exactly how the neurons are interpreting the smell molecules, but what we do know is that each of these molecules fits with some kind of neuron that then sends its signal to the brain. Each smell carries a ton of these tiny molecules. You can think of them like a package all bundled up together. So when they're delivered to your brain, it's like a full-on rush of scent information. And it's how your brain interprets that cascade of signals that tells you, I am smelling of banana right now, or I am smelling a piece of steak cooking in the kitchen. Wow, so smell is kind of like your brain screaming at you, smell this! It's a cake. 
<laughs> yeah, and foods smell different because each food sends different chemical packages of information. The same food can send different packages at different times. Food goes through all different types of processes as it is growing, as it's ripening, as it's being cooked. And so the chemical makeup of those foods changes in those situations. And as the chemical makeup changes, the smells change. That's so cool. So a ripe banana is sending your brain a totally different smell package than a rotting banana, which I've noticed those things smell different. They do. And your brain interprets or understands those smells as meaning good or bad things, even giving you warnings. Like smells delicious versus what's that burning versus... <laughs> it's like, run to the kitchen, something's happening. <laughs> <laughs> One way or the other. One way You're going to run. <laughs> so going back to Finn's hypothesis, he's right. A food smell is based on its chemicals and how your nose connects to your brain to smell. Those smell cells and connections were destroyed during Molly's accident. And when my brain bounced, it kind of sheared those neurons off, kind of like a lawnmower over grass. And so suddenly the connection between my nose and my brain was gone. And that's why I couldn't smell. Molly had gotten the basics of smell, but she had lots of questions that couldn't be answered. And there are still questions that we don't understand about that basic processes in smell, which I found really surprising and interesting. I think some of the most interesting things about science are the things that we don't know. Scientists are still trying to find out how the brain gets those signals and why different scents trigger different emotions and memories. That's fascinating, but did Molly ever get her sense of smell back? So my sense of smell came back very slowly over the course of about eight years, give or take, and it really was one scent at a time. One day, Molly was chopping rosemary in the kitchen, really not expecting to smell anything. And then all of a sudden, it hit me. She was overwhelmed by the memory of riding horses past fragrant rosemary bushes. She was so surprised, she didn't even realize what it was that she was experiencing. But after that, smells kept popping up out of nowhere, without warning having smells be so individual and separate really brought each one to my attention in a totally new way and caused me to think about them in a totally new way. Molly now appreciated each smell on its own. Each one had a memory and emotion tied to it, but the smells were slightly different than they'd been before. Um, and that's in part because my olfactory neurons were regenerating and regrowing and making new connections. So I think that there was some element of that that changed my sense of smell. Wow, so her brain and her nose got rewired smell by smell. Yeah, now she's got a full but slightly different sense of smell. But that doesn't happen for everyone. And it just goes to show how much we still don't know about our noses. So when I started researching the subject, my assumption was that I was going to find people that knew how it worked and they were going to give me some answers and I could just take that knowledge and go back on my merry way and try and become a chef eventually again. But that didn't happen. Through the process of asking questions, it really struck me how much we still don't know as 
humans trying to understand the world around us and that the process of science can be long. Molly's quest for smell science discovery changed her life forever. She decided to become a food science writer, and then an editor, and now finally, a podcast host. Which we all know is the ultimate human achievement. True. But the point is that looking for answers leads you down surprising paths. Just follow your nose. So now it's time to head to the kitchen and explore the world of cooking smells. Choose a strong smelling ingredient, a fruit or vegetable or spice, and take a whiff. Imagine that you've just regained your sense of smell, like Molly. What do you notice about that smell? What memories or feelings does it give you? Then choose a recipe that will bring out the scent of that ingredient. While you prepare it, smell how it changes and ask yourself, What is that smell trying to tell you? Thanks today to Molly Birnbaum, editor-in-chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids and host of Mystery Recipe, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups to explore the fun, fantastical side of food. It's a great activity because it builds up to a cook-along recipe. Grown-ups, if you want to read Molly's writing on smell, check out her memoir, Season to Taste, How I Lost My Sense of Smell and Found My Way. I really enjoyed it. Thanks also to the team at America's Test Kitchen Podcast for helping out with this episode, Caitlin Kelleher and Chad Janelle. You can hear more from Lindsay's interview with Molly in a special bonus interview episode for patrons when you pledge $1 a month or more to support the show on patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. We'll have more resources about the science of smell on our website, sciencepodcastforkids.com. Sarah Lentz is our head of partnerships. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I wrote and produced this show. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I wrote all of the music. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more stories of science discovery. <laughs>